Right now, it's Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. Sadie's with us. Sadie Klingenberg is a Jesus lover, Jesus follower. When she was a baby, she received a liver transplant, getting part of her dad's liver. The doctors didn't think she'd live to her first birthday, but she'll be 29 on February 20th. Praise to God. That said, because of how Sadie's body has responded to the liver transplant, she's had a lot of physical pain throughout her whole life, but that has created her deep dependence and trust and love for Jesus. She just radiates Jesus. The reality for Sadie is that because her liver doesn't work in the way it should, every birthday is a celebration. Every birthday is a gift. Sadie and her family know that each birthday could be her last here on this earth. But she's got a greater hope than just this earth. Sadie, the first time that I met you was a Sunday morning. Lori brought you to church. You guys were together for the weekend or whatever. And you come into church and I turn around and I don't even know how to put into words. I just was like, I felt like we weren't meeting for the first time. I just felt like there's something so warm and so beautiful about you. I was like, oh, I want to meet her. So you have been in this battle with your health for about probably as long as you can remember. Take us back to the beginning and tell us your story. So when... I was first born. Um, the doctor said, praise the Lord, you have a healthy baby girl. We didn't know it at the time, but I was already quite sick. It took us quite a while before we could figure out that my liver was failing and I needed to have a liver transplant. How old were you when you had a liver transplant? I was nine weeks. Wow. Where did the liver transplant come from? It came from my dad. Oh, wow. My dad gave me part of his liver. And how did it go? Was that immediately good or was that a journey in and of itself? I mean, I know it was really hard for him. It was a 18-hour surgery. So, I mean, he, it was hard for him. But your body received it well? Mm-hmm. What has that meant for you since? Once you got the transplant that you needed at nine weeks, was that like, now we're good and you've been healthy ever since? No, my life has been a roller coaster. I've had a lot of ups and downs. I've been in and out of the hospital a lot throughout my life. So I still have struggles that I deal with. Related to your liver and it not functioning the way it really should. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your background as far as faith is concerned. Did you grow up in a Christian home? When did you encounter Jesus and what did that look like for you? Yeah, so I've grown up in a Christian home and I asked Jesus into my heart when I was quite young. I think I was like five or six. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you've been walking in relationship with the Lord for a long time. Yes. How has your battle with your health impacted your spiritual journey? I think it's had a huge impact because I've, I God makes himself real to me through my suffering, and I hear God speak to me a lot. Ooh, tell me more about that. What does that look like? I, about every night when I'm in bed, I hear God speak my name, and he'll just whisper it over and over. And, it's just your um, name. Just my name. Mm. And I, I've i had it too where I call her the female angel because I know, recognize that she's a female and she'll speak to me too. And she'll just kind of say my name. And mm. I had it a couple of years ago. I heard her say to me, I love you, Sadie. Mm. Have you ever had a vision of an angel? My dad has. <laughs> yeah. I have seen like the wings. I've never been able to see their faces. Mm. But I did have 
quite a moment when I was young and I was in the hospital and I needed to have a procedure done. I was quite nervous and I had angels appear to me in my dream telling me to not be afraid and God's with me and he has me. And that calmed my spirit quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And we know that that's how God works. Mm-hmm. There's story after story in scripture about an angel appearing and, and the message is don't be afraid. You're about to turn 29. Mm-hmm. What is right now medically, what is your understanding of, of the fight and what it means for you right now? Is it likely that you will celebrate your 30th birthday? You know, I, it's hard to say. I really don't know. I guess it all depends on what will be going on in my life, I guess, when it draws near. I don't know. We always take it just a day at a time. Mm. Jane is Sadie's mom, and she's with us today as well, and as well as Sadie, and Sadie and Jane's good friend Lori is with us as well today. And Jane, I just have a question for you a minute. I can't imagine hearing that your sweet baby girl may not make it to their first birthday. How have you seen God in Sadie's life? I remember a specific time when Sadie was still in ICU in Chicago before she had her transplant. And we were there for weeks, and we were in a ward, and there were just four beds with like curtains you'd pull around the bed. There wasn't Mm -hmm. privacy at all. Um, And one night, Randy and I were just waiting. We could stay there till 10 o'clock at night when she was in ICU. We couldn't spend the night. And one night, a cleaning lady just kind of meandered up towards the bedside, which they never did. They weren't supposed to interact with patients. And she started talking to us about Sadie. And she just had the most deep, rich voice like it was mesmerizing to listen Mm. to her and she said I know your baby's really sick but she's going to get better and she started talking and saying you know I know a doctor you know talking about the great Mm. physician Mm. our great God and when she walked away Brandy and I were just thinking that was pretty unusual and and none of the other hospital employees like came up and kind of shooed her away or anything. Mm. And then I got up and I kind of, I ran a little bit after and I said, wait a minute, what was your name? And she said, Brenda. And we never saw her again after that night. And each person I asked, did they know the cleaning lady? No one had ever heard of her. Mm. And we, after a little time went by. We, we just really felt that was, that was an angel visitor yeah. sent to encourage us. Wow. So you had a liver transplant when you were a baby. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that wasn't the fix. And you suffered all of your life because of that. What has the fact that your liver doesn't work the way it should work what kind of suffering has that brought to your life? It usually depends on the day, but it really can wear me down. And I get quite a bit of discomfort with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you deal with a lot of pain. I do. Physical pain. Yep. So every single day you live with this pain. I do. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. I think one of the hardest things when it comes to walking in relationship with the Lord is knowing knowing that he's good, knowing that he's powerful and that he's God and there's anything that, There's nothing that he can't do. Mm -hmm. And then living in the day-to-day of asking him to do something on our behalf and then seeing that not happen. What does that look like for you? How do you, 
how do you walk that out? Right? Because we know that God could heal you. He could give you a brand new liver mm-hmm. if we want today, this morning. Lord, do that. Yes. <laughs> we would welcome that. But how do you how do you spiritually and emotionally walk out just kind of like those two realities that he could heal you and yet it's not yet come? Yeah, I think some days it definitely hits me harder than it does others if it's they were like my spirits are low and it's like, come on, Lord, I know you can really do it. And there are times where, yeah, I've been sad about it, but I've trained myself to not question God. How do you do that? How do you train yourself? I just, I I don't know. I just have, since I was young, I just, even though my mom has always told me God's big enough to take anger and t- big enough to take anything, but it's, even though he's big enough, I still don't like to question God because he knows everything. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I, in my own life, one of the ways that uh, one of the tensions I think that we live with, but just something that I've come to, and I'd love to hear your take on this, but God can do miracles, like instantaneous mm-hmm. miracles. He could heal you. He could give you a new liver. Yes. I don't think it's any less of a miracle that God sustains us through the hard things for mm-hmm. long periods of time. Like his ongoing constant presence with us is miraculous as well. And you, you're experiencing that type of miracle. Mm-hmm. But there's somebody listening right now and, you know, they've, they've been a lifelong sufferer or they've been going through a long period of suffering and they just, they feel like I can't take another step. I'm sure you've felt that way. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. I remember the, you know, I love the Lord of the Rings and, you know, Frodo's taking the ring to the Mount Doom to destroy it. And he says, I remember there was one point where he says, I can't do this, Sam. I've felt that in my life. I'm sure you've felt that. You know, what can you say to that person who feels like I can't take another step? What I would probably say is that they're able to do anything through Christ who gives them strength. And God's able to, God carries that weight for us. Hmm. And if they just hand that over. You have a birthday coming up. Yes. When's your birthday? February 20. And how old will you be on February 20? 29. 29 years old. (laughs) Happy birthday. Early happy birthday. Thank you. What is so significant about this birthday for you? I think, well, every year I have a birthday. I always thank God for another year of life because I didn't, I just didn't think I'd live to even be a year old. Wow. So every time I have a birthday that comes around, I don't take life for granted at all. But I'm always very appreciative and grateful and make sure to thank God when I do have another birthday. It's a victory lap. Yes. When I was 29 years old, I was working at Family Life Radio in Midland. And I had my whole life ahead of me and I had all of my goals and dreams and visions and things that I wanted to do for God or, you know, just to happen in my life. And so I'm sure that you feel that same way, you know, that there's things, there's dreams you have for your life, but because of your, your struggle, your illness, that your liver doesn't work right, I'm sure you wonder, how much time do I have? Mm, I don't, sometimes there are times where I wish I knew how much time I had, but it's the same time, it's like only God knows the number of our days. Mm-hmm. Well, do, do you think about heaven? Yes. What, what comes to your mind when you think about it? Mm, I long for it. Mm. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us more about that. What do you long for? No more suffering. No more pain and 
hospital visits and I've had a lot of great doctors and nurses too that I've had throughout my life that have been taking amazing care of me but it's I know like I've always one thing I always would say ever since I was a young age I don't know how young but I would always say this is not our home yeah I just knew from a young age it's not this is only temporary and you know when you're young you think you're gonna live forever but you've never really had that reality but there's also a wisdom that you have that most people when they're young I didn't have it I thought I was gonna live forever never thought about death but to have longed for Jesus from a very early age to see Jesus face to face that is that's beautiful Sadie's mom is Jane, and she's with us as well. You're obviously, Jane, a woman of faith. What does it look like for you as a mom to walk through this journey and trust God? It's very hard to watch your child suffer, adult child. Sadie and I sometimes say I have a front row seat to her suffering because most of the time I'm with her in the hospital. Although there was a a four-year period when I was going through very aggressive cancer treatment in Little Rock, Arkansas. Mm. I needed to trust God. I needed to trust God not only to help me take care of her, but to take care of her when I couldn't physically even be in the same state, let alone in the hospital room with her. It's hard to watch Sadie suffer, but it's also a joy and a privilege to see how she shines her light in the hospital. That's her mission field, I think. Mm. It's hard. I cry with her. We, you know, we weep with those who weep. I also understand her longing for heaven. And I, I always tell Sadie that if God takes her first, I will miss her every day, but I will be so happy for the joy she's experiencing after she's run her race. Lori Ritter is actually a friend of mine who is a friend of Sadie's. She's the one who introduced us. Lori, how did you meet Sadie and how has knowing her impacted your life? So I was just so blessed to meet Sadie um, in 2012. I got married and um, moved into the neighborhood with Sadie. And so before I met her, she stood out to me like she radiates. Mm -hmm. So I was at choir uh, concert for our daughter and Sometimes you gravitate to the one that just has all that joy. And so Sadie sang with just the most beautiful smile. And I just thought that girl, like she just radiates joy. And and so later I met her, knowing she was my neighbor, she went to my church. And I think God intertwined our lives for a reason. And so she's been an encouragement to me so often and The thing about Sadie is um, when she says that she'll pray for you, she prays. Mm -hmm. And and I feel like she does have a direct line to God because of her open heart and her communication and the way God speaks to her. So it's just been such a blessing to be her friend. We call each other like family because Mm -hmm. um, we just become so close. So I just am so blessed to know her, and she's encouraged me in my faith. She's encouraged me in my walk with the Lord, and I'm thankful for her example of being a child of God mm-hmm. and, and how she just shares Christ with 
everyone she meets. What's one thing you can share with Sadie right now to encourage her? God's got you, Sadie. I just know that he's got you in his hands and I know that he's going to carry you through uh, every part of your life and he's not done with you yet. He's going to use you. He's been using you to affect so many people. Mm -hmm. So I just love you and uh, I just just keep fighting the fight, Sadie. Just, just, um, I love you. <laughs> I have a suffering friend, and he has suffered all of his life mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, just this pain since he was a boy. Mm. And from a very young age, my friend got the idea that no one sees me. I don't really matter. Um, I'm on my own. I got to do this on my own. It's up to me. I got to look out for me and yet this longing for connection as well. Connection with, you know, his family, with God and his struggle all of his life has been that I just don't think God ever wanted me. Mm -hmm. And that's been a heavy weight to, to walk with him for decades, mm -hmm. but it's been heavy, heavier for him, you know, and a lot of times all I can say is, man, I'm just so sorry for your pain. There's got to be somebody listening right now that they don't feel God sees them. They don't feel God wants them and or loves them for that matter, or even likes them. You know, what can you say to that person? I would say that there is a God that out there that loves you unconditionally that formed you before you were born. And I know for me that when I asked Jesus into my heart, that was the greatest decision of my life. And I know mm -hmm. that anybody who does, it'll be their best decision. So I encourage them if they haven't done that yet to do that. And sometimes though, like with my friend, he wants God and he did ask Jesus to come into his life. But for some reason, he just can't, he can't receive that love. What helps you to receive God's love for you? Because I've heard him tell me that. Mm. To your heart. No, I heard him like whisper it in my room when I was little. My love you, Sadie. Oh. We need to somehow experience God, experience his presence. It's got to be more than just something written down on, on paper. So when you think about it, pray for my, my dear friend who just needs to know God loves him and feel it. Mm -hmm. I feel like we should pray for him now. Mm-hmm. Lord, thank you for your presence. Thank you that you are the right here, right now, God. We love you and we live so much of our life unaware of how near you are and of how incredible your love is for us and for the ones struggling right now, Lord, to just be able to receive your love on any level. I'm asking that you would, that you would break in, that they would experience your love, that there would be a seed of hope planted in this moment that maybe... Maybe the God of the universe sees me. Maybe he cares. Maybe he loves me. And Lord, we know that you often use your people to do your work and to reveal your heart. And so if there's something that you want me to do today, if there's something that you want each of us to do today that shares with somebody else on this planet, God sees you and he cares and he loves you. Lord, would you drop that name into our heart right now? Thank you, Father. We want to be a part of what you're doing 
we love you and we trust you and we ask for a work of your hand today. Reveal yourself in Jesus' name. We have Sadie Klingenberg with us today. She's our guest and she's been medically fragile for her entire life, starting with a liver transplant at nine weeks old and her pain and her suffering have created this deep and tender dependency on Jesus. And she's been telling her story with us all morning with some great support from her mom, Jane, and good friend, Lori. So fun to have everybody here. And there's actually a connection with Moody Radio that goes way back. Tell us about that. My husband, Randy, had an aunt, Ruth, So she was Sadie's great aunt, and she was a giant in prayer. And she called the station, and at that time, I'd never really heard of anyone doing that. She called the station and asked people to pray for Mm -hmm. Sadie. And I remember at the time thinking, wow, there's people in Chicago, maybe, who Mm -hmm. are praying for Sadie that we don't even know. This morning when I was thinking about coming here, I thought of Aunt Ruth and how she had asked people to pray for Sadie as a baby, and here we are almost 29 years later and back at the station. And Sadie's great-grandma would get on her knees and pray for Sadie when it was physically hard to do yeah. that. And prayer has been a huge piece. We, we have so many people praying for Sadie. Back in the beginning, it was like a telephone. You'd call someone, and then they'd call right. someone to pass on the update. I mean, it was pre-internet. Now we have a Caring Bridge page and you can instantaneously post something and people are praying and it's wonderful. But prayer has just been, we would not be here today. It's carried us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell me about that, Sadie. How has it carried you? Oh, it's just, we can just feel the, us being lifted to the Lord. I, every time, like I got something going on and it's like, we have asked a lot of people to pray. I always can feel it every time. Mm -hmm. The prayers of so many. All right, so we want to do that for you now. And the Moody family is a praying family because we believe that prayer changes things. So how can we pray for you right now? Well, maybe my prayer and my parents' prayer is for God to just be merciful to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Lord, we're just so grateful for Sadie. And what a beautiful heart. What a beautiful young woman who has come in here and bravely through the power of your spirit, shared her story. And Lord, we just thank you for the good work that you've done in her life, struggling with this liver illness all of her life, so much physical pain, but she's just been drawn to you like a moth is drawn to a flame. And Jesus, you are the flame. Keep being the flame in Sadie's life. Mm -hmm. We know that there are people, maybe all over the world, praying for Sadie. And Lord, if it would please you that you would heal her completely in the land of the living because she doesn't know if she's going to have her next birthday. So, Lord, we're asking for that great healing from the great, powerful God that you are. But, Lord, your plan is good, and I just just ask, Lord, that I know Sadie's best days are ahead because of the eternal hope we have in in you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Continue to use her. Pour your spirit into her. Use her story. Use her faith in many more people's lives. Multiply her life many times over, like the loaves and the fish. And uh, we just, we're excited to be a part of Sadie's journey. And 
we're looking for you to do above and beyond all we could ask or imagine according to your power that is at work in Sadie and in us. And it's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you did an awesome you job, did. everybody. <laughs> Yay, team. <laughs> Hey God. Yeah, now you can go to Panera and get some okay. yummies. Yeah, you did great. Yeah, you did a fantastic job. And your story is just, you you reveal who he is. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was like when we first met. And I, I, I just remember turning around. You guys were sitting right behind me in church. I remember turning around and seeing you. And I was like, I want to meet her. I want to know her. There was just something about you that, and I think it's that. I think it's you reveal the father through your life. Thanks so much for listening. Questions or comments? Text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.